Welcome back to Never Work Alone with Christopher Denise and Evan Miller. This week, bringing you another short episode and the last and final episode before we get a better audio set up. <laughs> Trust me. We're coming at you live here from the Cinema Exchange. I mean, live recording, but uh, here in Milpitas at the Cinema Exchange, uh, which is, we'll get into that a little bit later, but it is my current uh, new venture, uh, which is a co-working space for filmmakers. We've probably touched on it before a little bit. We'll just mention, uh, we'll discuss a little bit about where we're at, what some of the challenges we're running into uh, at this little small business venture. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to start ourselves off with a little bit of an update uh, from Evan here and the project that he uh, told us about last time. Yeah, I remember we, we mentioned that we were so busy we couldn't even get the time to record this podcast, and that was part of because uh, I had taken a job producing a video, not just editing it, but actually putting together a proposal, hiring a crew, going out to location, ended up editing it on the time schedule and working directly with the client in a way that I'm not really used to. So it was a, it was a totally new venture, and I kind of wanted to dedicate myself to that and make sure that I wasn't going to mess that up. Because I'm already handling my full-time freelance editing work at the same time. So October was a hell of a month. November always flies by. And here we are coming into December. And it feels like we just need to put out a little bridge episode to let you know we're still here. And uh, we're sticking with this. Yeah, bringing a few more uh, great episodes uh, swinging at you soon. We've got uh, a little bit of a lineup. We just had a great discussion about that. Uh, we're going to line a few of these up because we're also getting so busy ourselves. Evan's going to be taking a few trips. Uh, I am swamped with getting this business venture off of the ground. And so we're going to line up a few guests and knock them all out for you and, and bring them your way. But uh, I'm excited about what we're, what we're going to be doing. In the meantime, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Evan, why don't you tell us, uh, refresh us a little bit. What, uh, what exactly was this job um, and what, what happened? Because you know, you're stepping it up here. You're going from, from uh, an editor to a multifaceted, uh, multi-service company here. Uh, what, what happened? My f- uh, colleague, a guy I used to work with, got recommended for this job. He was too busy. He couldn't take it. He passed it on to me. Basically, had said, hey, I got to the budget talks with this guy just to make sure he was serious. He's got a budget, but I can't handle this job. I recommended you for it. Why don't you check it out, you know? So let me stop you right there. Why did your friend, knowing that you're just an editor, what made him feel comfortable kicking that to you? I'm not sure. I, I know that um, he looks up to me, I guess, and he, he, you know, he's more senior than I am, but he still, like, has a lot of admiration for me, and I think in his mind, he thought, you know, who's a Bay Area guy who's freelancing, and it was, you know, up there in that. So, I'm guessing it was, uh... <laughs> um, sorry, we just, uh, we're, our producer outside the booth is, uh, motioning and pantomiming to us about beer. Uh, Sorry, so we were uh, your friend. So your friend trusts you, um, but it sounds like there was a kind of a mix of trusts you, probably respects you, has worked with you, understands that you understand the job, and also probably understood. I'm gonna guess uh, that the job wasn't so complicated that it was gonna be over your head. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty straightforward thing. He he needed a, a video to show at a conference. It was going to be kind of like a product explainer through the mouth of somebody that uses the product. So they didn't have a video already, and I remember he came to me and he said, you know, we've got people clicking on this image on our website, rage-clicking it, he says, because we can see where people click on our website because they think this is a video, and it's not. And so we need something there that's kind of kind of explain it. And, you know, we talked about some ideas. He said, I don't want it to be funny. Some of the other guys that I've 
put this video towards, want to do something a little bit quirky and goofy, and he's like, I want to be seen like a big deal. We're not a huge company, but we're going to this major conference, and we need to be legitimate. So I need something very high level. Okay, so and, started out with a client with a solid vision. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Uh, how did it progress from there? So he said, you know, can you send me a proposal? And I think after our episode with Steve Tharp, it was a little bit more of like, you know, I want to take this to the next level and I want to challenge myself. I'm not just going to put together an email. I actually put together a full, like, PowerPoint, you know, whatever. It wasn't, it was like a PDF, basically. But it was yeah. like, I went out and I grabbed images from other kind of videos that I knew were in the same thing. You put together a cell sheet or a deck. Yeah, it was a deck. And on the top, it was like, this video is going to serve this purpose. This is why you want it, basically, kind of selling you on that. And then on the bottom of each each deck slide was like, an imaginary quote of what you might hear from these people. So I was really trying to give them a sense of what the video was going to look, feel like, sound like, and then also why, you know, reinforcing why this was an important decision and why he wanted a video. So it sounds like he already wanted to do this and that he knew that this was an important decision. What uh, what was the reason for putting together the full proposal at that point? I mean, since he seemed like he was already sold a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe it was it was even more for me just to make sure that, like, I came across as a legitimate, you know, mm. producer. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't just, you know, try to do the bare minimum here. Yeah. So I sent him off. I mean, he said he was evaluating other people that might have just been a negotiating technique or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, I, I had put together a budget. I had actually already kind of talked to some crew members to see, you know, what their rates were and everything so I could kind of give a, a clear picture on that. I had a, like a gear list and all this stuff so that he knew I wasn't just asking for a ton of money without actually bringing professional equipment. So that was all kind of packaged in the same proposal. So sent that over. We went back and forth a little bit on on the number of what he wanted. You know, I knocked a few days off the edit. You know, we kind of talked about, you know, how we can make that that work. And so we came to an agreement on the time. We, we set that uh, initial amount of money that would be given as like a deposit, which was great. And then the schedule got totally screwed up, and we, we, we made it work, you know. I, schedules do. I went out to location and did some interviews with the people at this company that used his product, and it was way above, you know, what I understand. It was totally in a different industry, totally different field. So I was coming at it from a total layman's approach, and my client was behind me during all these interviews, so he was kind of there to help make sure that we stayed on message and that things were coming across okay, but... In the back of my mind the whole time I'm producing this video, I know I have to edit it as well. So I'm being very cautious about, you know, making sure I get people to reiterate things. You know, one of the things that I kept saying is like, you know, I want you to remember the like these three R's, you know, is like we need to like repeat, we need to revise, and we need to relax. You know, don't worry about how you're coming across because we're going to make you sound great. So if you flub up, don't worry about it. We're not going to use that, right? So relax. This isn't like a live interview where we're trying to put you on blast. We're going to make you look great. Revise and revisit or repeat just because it's like I'm going to have to ask you the same question a couple times. I want you to repeat it. I want you to hear yourself say it and then say it again and then say it again. Well, there's a a mantra we we say a lot in a lot of the training, leadership training things that I've I've been in over the years. It's uh, tell them what you're going to tell them tell them and then tell them what you told them. 
I think right. that works really well for interviews as well. It sounds like you, you were using a version of that. Uh, let me let me let me direct you here. Uh, how did you go about picking your crew for this? Yeah, the crew was uh, I, obviously I, yourself as an editor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have any question on who was going to edit it, uh, just because I knew we had a quick timeline as well, and I knew I could could handle it in my schedule. If it was a matter of I had already committed to too much, then that would have changed. But uh, I had I have a friend who's a DP and. I, if he was free, he was the guy I was going to go with because I know he has his own gear. And he had hired me already actually earlier this year to edit a job for him, so I kind of wanted to repay the favor. And so, I, you know, I put it out to him, and he was more than willing so to come on. So you're saying networking is important? <laughs> <laughs> you're saying fostering the relationship, knowing that down the line that will become a job, not necessarily tonight, is, is valid? Uh, advice yeah, there? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we basically incre- we doubled our, the GDP here because I paid him and he paid me. So the money was basically even exchange, but now there's another but you both got number more. amount of money in the economy yeah. there. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty easy decision that way. I asked him to recommend an audio guy that he had worked with um, and, and that he was also available. So it was actually... Very much. I mean, I, I anticipated the worst with this project, and things worked out really well. We didn't have the amount of revisions that I thought the client would want. He was very happy with, you know, the first couple songs that we I sent along, and he was happy with, you know, the original edits and and sort of the story. And you know, there's always that moment I think when you you're first putting something together where you kind of freak out, like especially when it's unscripted like this, that you're like, where is the story? How do I make this into two minutes? Where do I go with this? You know, because you never know what you're gonna get. That's a director and editor dilemma. Those two people understand that, I think, more than anyone in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was that was something that was like a relief. There's this great you relief you both. get when you get to that point where you're like, I think this this makes sense, and this is this is how I'm going to tell this story. So that get, getting to that point, making sure that the the deadlines and the milestones we had set up were hit, and then getting it over to him for his conference, you know. And then when the conference was on, I didn't bug him at all. And then once that was over, I followed up and said, hey, you know, how was it? Oh, got great feedback from people at the conference. They loved it. Let's uh, I'll give you your your money. Let's meet up and and exchange. So two things. Did you do a deposit and then final? Yeah. Okay. so that solid. Uh, And then the other. uh, How early did you get the product to him? Um, how, How soon before the deadline? I think it was. Two days before he absolutely needed it, and that was you know sort of intentional because you was never that, know what can happen. Was that your final cut, or was it, had you had it already been through a couple? Yeah, of it cuts? had already been through okay. color correction at that point, and you know it had a final audio pass on it as well. So, and and I didn't do the color; I gave it back to the DP and, and paid him to do some color work on it as well because cool. that is definitely not my my forte. And it's just something that if I can, if I, I'm I'm much better with audio and getting the the that kind of stuff right more than I am with color. So, what uh, what didn't you anticipate? Were were there were there unanticipated expenses or time delays? Um, I mean, I didn't. I, I budgeted a little bit more than like the day rates that the other guys offered me, right? So I, I took a little bit more than what they said they wanted from me, and I built in a little extra cost on that. So that that ended up covering 
the meals and, and the parking and stuff that I didn't put on the proposal or anything because I didn't really, you know, I didn't want to get that minute with the client necessarily on this how, one. How did you profit then? So it sounds like you, you marked them up a tiny bit, but just enough to, to cover extra expense. Mm-hmm. And then obviously paid for yourself. Right. Where was your where was your profit margin? Did you add any for a company for overhead for that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I gave myself a producer fee on the days that I was there, so I mean that was sort of like a day rate as well. Yeah. So th- there was there was a marginal amount of profit that I made on top of what I would make as an editor. And so producer. this is this is something I, I I point out because it's something that's pretty common and it's something that is it can be a differentiator between, uh, you know, people can get stuck doing it. Um, it's important, I think, when you're when you're first there to not be trying to throw in a lot of profit margin on something like this, especially in this case. It was a little bit of a one-off or the first time or that sort of thing. Um, you've got a very minimal amount of crew to put together. It really, I'm, I'm sure, it, it, it sounds like it's the kind of project that if, if somebody wanted to be, really pushy about it you could have done like a one-man band thing maybe it would have been pushing it really yeah. pretty hard well but for me it was like i knew i wanted a dedicated audio guy right, right, I was right. like i don't I, want to mess that up yeah. right in terms of, not in terms of the actual project just in terms of the physical parameters of it it's the kind of thing that you could see somebody on the low end doing uh, what we might even say foolishly as a one-man band project but it was that like okay so the um, the amount of profit allowable you know that seems reasonable to anybody in this situation isn't going to be a lot. You know, if it was, for instance, my company, I might be sending out a couple of people at lower than their normal day rate because, you know, they get constant work from me, so they'll do the 25 or 35 an hour. Right. Or they'll do whatever it is, uh, whether they're, and they're younger and they're newer and that sort of thing, and I have a, a bit of a, a larger network of that. But we also kind of don't expect a lot out of those ki- kinds of projects, so our margin might be smaller as well. And yet at the same time, it's also the it's it's the thing that you don't want to get stuck in, right? I for probably the first couple of years, I did that a lot with projects where it was like I don't know how to mark people up reasonably or allow for a, a level of profit margin, and it's something that plagues I think a lot of people in our positions is is getting stuck in that. Well, I'll pay myself for the two jobs that I did, right? Right, and if you'd hired someone for that, you wouldn't be making any money right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And on top of that, if you are, if you want to expand your business in this capacity, if you want to continue to to produce jobs like this and kind of grow that. Um, you're going to have to start adding profit and overhead. You're going to start having much higher right. expenses. Yeah, I mean, the very first job that I got out of college was as a producer for a small studio. Now I was like a junior producer, and I sort of learned the ropes. So that was like 101 was we mark up everything, right, yeah. you know, to cover our overhead here. So if if we get something quoted to us, and then we're, we're including that in our whitelist or our proposal to the client, that quote that we got, needs to be increased by whatever, 10, 15, 20%, whatever your business yeah. model is. Uh, to go back to your question about what was unanticipated, we had yeah. some issues with the schedule where I had wanted to do a scout day in this office location that we were supposed to be shooting that I would shoot B-roll and I would sort of get an idea about where we were going to shoot the interviews to get a sense of if it was going to be a good environment for that or if we needed to find something different. Well. It didn't work out that way. We could only get the interview subject that we wanted on this first day, and then we ended up having to put the B-roll shoot day to the second day, which didn't really make a lot of sense. And then when we got there the first day, the interview subject actually had to cancel, so then we had to push it again. And so our schedule got – I had to hire the audio guy for a second day as opposed to one. Did, how did you handle that with the client? Did you bring that up and, hey, we're going to have to put more money into this? Yeah, it was. It, he was very understandable about that. He was like, yep, yeah, that's how it goes, you know. 
Um, I, I would say just another aside, something I also used to not understand that you're, you're not in a, in a negative position when that happens. That's, you know, as long as you've accounted for that in your contract or your discussions with the client up front, that, you know, things go wrong, things change. You know, we have other guys come in, you know, we have to bring crew back for a second day. They have to be paid for a second day. And I... I think a lot of us make that mistake a lot of times. Uh, I'll just see if I can push the guys to do it again, or maybe I'll cut that out of my budget somehow. Right. Or... Yeah. I mean, I talked the guys into doing a half day rate on that stuff, you Which know, is because fine. I was like, I, I can't ask for that much more, you know, like. Right. The... But you still approached the client and said, hey, you right. know, we're going to have to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that the scheduling thing was the, was was the biggest like sort of hurdle to deal with. Yeah. The other thing that was tough was that the locations that we used were scouted by the client and you know he doesn't produce videos doesn't have a good sense of what you need in that case right gotcha. and so there were definitely some some issues there where we had street noise and we had lighting issues and we had things that you know i realized that i was taking probably the easy way out and being like oh he's got this booked he actually hit there's like this thing called breather which is like this office space that you can rent in the city and it's like an empty room that you can go in. And it was awesome that we could just like rent this room oh, and show cool. up and shoot the interview there. And we had it for like three hours. The only thing is, is it was on a very crowded corner of San Francisco. And there's mm. tons of street noise and we're losing light. And we've got a guy who doesn't feel very comfortable on camera. So he's doing these long takes. So when I get back in the edit, I realize from when we started the interview to when we ended it, it's like two totally different scenes, you know. So there was a real issue with how much you know i could even cut together different sections of that interview i had to kind of keep it continuous so were you nervous having to discuss any of this with the client bringing up did it did it was there was there got a a vacuum cleaner going on the back we apologize for that (laughs) um but yeah were you were you nervous at all trying to uh having to bring up any of these issues how did, how, did, how, did, how did it affect you? <laughs> I, nervous probably isn't the right word. Um, it, it was one of these things where I wasn't so desperate for the money that I didn't feel like if this failed that everything would go away. You know, I felt and it was like reputation sort of a new, wise, you weren't worried. It, it wasn't it wasn't anything that necessarily bothered me there. I think okay. that probably, you know, helped, you know, it was like that. I didn't feel like I was desperate, you know, and I needed this to happen. Um Obviously, I wanted it to happen a lot, you know, and there's there's times where I'm like, how do I put this the right way, you know, and I try to find those, yeah. like, when's the right time to bring this up, you know, when when do I get this guy one-on-one, and it's like, you don't just want to lay on a bunch of stuff, you know, right. you right. want to try to find the right time to, to say, hey, we, we've got, we've had these issues, you yeah. know it, you're, you're dealing with your own thing, but... I find that patience sometimes is, it can be difficult, but yes, spreading your emails out over the course of the day uh, <laughs> can sometimes be very necessary. Um, interesting. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to the next one? Yeah. I mean, he says he wants to hire me again, so that's that's great. You know, That's what you want to hear. Yeah. And he, it was like even, even the, uh, the company that I did the testimonials was with was like, oh, you know, who's this guy that you're working with? And you know, it was like, oh, I'm, he's a sole proprietor. He doesn't have a company name. I think, you know, it was the sort of first time where I was like, if I'm if I'm going to be producing, I really need to get an LLC. I need to get, like, a legitimate, 
name that's not just me because well, you don't I think have, it's hard to ask for so much money and it's right. hard to like you don't be have memorable to, you don't have to do an LLC to get a, a fictitious business name. You can just register that and it'll be Evan Mueller or Evan Miller DBA whatever it is you, the name you come up with. Yeah. Um, another option just to shamelessly plug myself right now is to do something uh, with a little uh, like a co-working space like us at the Cinema Exchange uh, where you have a, a business that you can you know, kind of operate under, not really under, but you have a business location that you can operate and say, oh, yeah, I'm Evan Miller. I work out of the, uh, out of, I have an office at the Cinema Exchange, yeah. which hopefully will become a very legitimate thing in the near future. <laughs> um, you know, or, and, and, and not just to plug ourselves, but you can get something like a co-working space and you don't necessarily have to have a business name to be, uh, you know, Evan Miller producer. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, think, I think it was just one of these things where, it's it's it helps you come off a little bit more legitimate. Absolutely, you know? I well, only saying that right now. Um, in, in in that, don't feel don't feel like an LLC is an absolute like a must um, to get a business name. You can you can operate under a business name without having to go the route because LLCs. Uh, we've we've discussed some of this before. There are, there are pros and cons, and I would. Uh, I feel like I may have mentioned this before, and hopefully I'm not contradicting myself. But I would say. Wait until you are sure before you commit to something like an LLC or an S corp because they cost a decent amount of money, and there's a lot of paperwork and hoops to jump through. And only uh, I'm dealing with a lot of this right now. And now that I have a brick and uh, another brick and mortar, a real brick and mortar, um, even more hoops and, and jumps and things to or hoops and loops to jump through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Back to what where your future is with this. So you're thinking about getting an LLC. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I think if I'm going to continue producing, that makes sense. Uh, right now, I'm just like looking at building my reel for the next year. You know, as the year's coming to a close, and I know that I've got these trips coming up that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Are you going to be building a producer's reel as well as an editor's? Yeah, reel? I think so. I I think that um, my strategy for this year is going to be to sort of look at the projects that I did over the course of last year, which was my first year freelancing, kind of categorize the types of uh, videos that I created, whether it was like educational or product release or a highlight video or trailer, you know, and, and just make it very clear to someone watching a video that these are the sort of services that I offer. You know, I'm not just, I'm a video maker, but there's very specific things that you would come to me for. And I think that that's something that you know, helping educate your client, potential client on is, is really great. Well, and separating the two is, is also important. Um, you know, as an editor, that's a very specific job um, and focus that you do. As a producer, it's it's a specific focus, but it's it's a much broader job that you do as opposed to what an editor does. And so you're showing off two very different skill sets. Right, yeah. Editor reels are hard anyway. Like, uh, yeah. you know. I like yours. It's a very interesting take on it. Um, and I think it, it kind of... It's funny because it also lends to your ability to tell a story as a producer and, and, well, and director. You. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm working on something that's in that same vein. Cool. Where it's like the multiplicity thing, where it's like I'm in the same frame as myself, playing different roles, and just to kind of, I feel like when when you know you're putting yourself in the video, it, it helps people know who they're who they're hiring. You know, if you're if you're not a company and they're hiring an individual. I want to see who that person is. You know, I want yeah. to get a sense of who they are. It's funny. I, I think our demo reel is quite the opposite. I'm getting ready to prepare the new 2018, you know, demo reel. And 
it's going to be a, a newer take on 2016 demo reel, which was uh, for the first time I really felt comfortable putting together a we do you know it was a series of different types of footage and it was just commercials testimonials um, I forget how all the rest of it but oh time lapse videos but basically the stuff that we that we do now but partly because I'm fine you know I was finally moving more into production management specifically. And now, in the, over the past two years or so, even more so, and it's even more directed, and now we have this, this cinema exchange, which, of course, is separate from the pro- video production company, but allows me to uh, create, I think, you know, uh, video projects that I, uh, you know, offer yet another se- series or set of services. So ours is much broader, and we don't want, uh, we don't want you to see the, the man behind the mask. I don't want it to be about Christopher Denise at all. I want it to be about... Um, the resources we're able to connect people with. Uh, it's special, you know, the cinema exchanges, um, the idea behind that was that it, it, there's multiple, um, multiple things that it fulfills, and one of those is that it's a bit of a one-stop shop for both vendors and clients. You know, a vendor can come here, and another service provider like yourself, an editor can come here and find DPs, sound people, lighting, all the equipment they need, etc. as well as a client can come here and find somebody to produce their project. Um, and and so we, we, we don't want to have any one specific person or name associated attached to that. We want people to feel the broader sense of that and that, oh, this is this is a almost more of a I'm trying to think of a good term for it, but um, I guess exchange was why we use the term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a, a very big idea, and it's, I think it's a challenge to try to encapsulate what yeah. that is in a video <laughs> and how you show that to people. So are you planning on doing like, any like video behind the scenes or showing the gear or sh- like I think I think what gonna we're going like? to do is we're going to make the Real Legal Studios reel is going to end up being similar to the 2016 reel where it's a here's here's the the broad se- uh, set of of, um, of products that we can provide you uh, and then the Cinema Exchange is going to have its own reel which will be much more of a either commercial uh, I was thinking something a little you know, along the lines of a one of those funny long single takes where you walk all the way through the entire product you know entire building but different things are going on in different rooms because that's kind of what happens here yeah uh, and it's it's, it's amusing because that sort of stuff has already happened to the point that I have been able to walk from like room to room and been like man if I just had a camera this is like a commercial because people are like doing uh, sound recording in the sound booth while somebody's doing a product shoot in the studio while somebody is uh, talking to somebody in the green room and watching like you know something on TV while people are having a meeting in the conference room and somebody's working on something in the lobby and oh my god that's exactly what this place is for <laughs> um, you know this is a great commercial and I think we want to do either something like that or we want to do something like you're saying a little more behind the scenes as opposed to, uh, well basically a version of that that's either directed like it's a commercial or that's more of a behind the scenes where you're watching everything that like actually go on so we're playing with it right now. You know, our grand opening is going to be late January. We have plenty of time, I think, to start working on this marketing material. We just created our logo today, I saw, <laughs> um, and we're we're finally happy with it. And then the first thing we ran into is I had started tagging Cinema Exchange a couple of weeks ago in a couple of posts, and so Facebook automatically created a Facebook page for it. And so now they're it's at odds with the one that I wanted to create. And you run into that sort of stuff. So advertising on Facebook is going to probably have to take a little bit more time until I can wrangle that. And in the meantime, we'll get our website up. Well, speaking of late January, we wanted to make this episode, I think, to say we probably won't be producing another episode of Never Work Alone until probably late January just because of the the travel. And Chris is is busy setting this up. But um, 
we, up to, we up to are, my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're definitely uh, looking for more freelancers to have on the show. And um, if, if you're listening and you want to send us feedback, our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash alone is the best place probably to post about that. You can send us a message there. And I will remind you, uh, we will be using better microphones in the future, so <laughs> we don't need the feedback on the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Production value is going up in 2018. Trust us on that one. Chris, anything else you want to leave us with here? You know, I, I think it's been a really great start to this podcast. I'm, uh, I'm glad that I, I've heard multiple, multiple people are listening to it. Uh, I'm hoping that we will. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting more, more audio or more listeners, more of an audience. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, hopefully, expanding our scope next year and bringing you more quality uh, uh, stories and, and quality subjects and or. Uh, uh, Guests, yeah. thank you. Yeah, to piggyback on that, you know, Chris and I were mentioning how, you know, we want to bring in some legal business minds, you know, people that, that can really offer some hard, you know, hard advice, I guess I want to say, or just hard facts on, on what the steps you need to take are when you're trying to operate as a freelancer. Yeah, so, maybe some legal, maybe some accounting, maybe some tax all the, all the good stuff that no one teaches you in high school or college is what you need to know. Right. So we'll, we'll be looking for some more of that hard education rather than just our anecdotes and <laughs> analogies. <laughs> I'm sure we're, we're, we're helpful, but I think we could do more, and we will. I did want to just give a shout-out to a podcast called The Future. Um, it's F-U-T-U-R. It's uh, also for freelancers, and it's something that I listen to and I think is really great. And, you know, it's one of these things that almost stops me from wanting to do this one because theirs <laughs> is so awesome. But at the same time, you know, we each have a unique perspective. So if you're looking for more of this type of content, I would recommend checking that out. Uh, they're on YouTube as well. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you again in 2018. Happy New Year. Woo!